Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Is This Real Life? A Bravo podcast that relates our favorite shows to our own lives and the world around us. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone, and happy 2024. I hope you all had a wonderful holiday season and New Year's and are ready to come into 2024 with a bang because Bravo certainly did this week. Oh my gosh, I'm still reeling from the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City finale. Oh, it's absolutely perfection. Well, it's crazy to think about, but I've been doing this podcast now for six years, which is really hard for me to even conceptualize. This started out as a creative outlet. I didn't really care if anyone was listening or not, although I hoped people would. And um, it's become just this wonderful thing in my life. And I appreciate all of you listening. And I appreciate everyone who sends messages online and shares their thoughts and opinions. Now, I really enjoy that aspect of being online. But over the break, I took some time away from social media, um, especially when I was in Florida with my family. And I really feel as though I feel so much better when I'm not on particularly Twitter. And then something like the Real Housewives of Salt Lake season four finale happens. And I'm like, oh, my God, I need to go on Twitter and get everyone's takes. But I'm just I'm having trouble like trying to figure out a way to use Twitter that is still fun and like, you know, not so crazy. It just seems like everyone's just yelling past each other is just incredibly angry and is not communicating in an effective way that if they're actually trying to make some sort of change happen about whatever they're angry about, it doesn't ever really seem to be solved through Twitter. So if any of you guys have decided to get off Twitter and are better for it, please let me know (laughs) because I am strongly considering deactivating. Um, It's just, everyone's just so mad. And when they get mad about housewives, that just drives me crazy because I'm like, we all can have different opinions on this, okay? And you're treating this as if we're like talking about, I don't know, <laughs> anything else. People, people get so upset about sports. They get so upset about politics. They get, and I get it. I get it. There's a lot of terrible shit happening in the world. But for me, Housewives isn't terrible shit. <laughs> I just want to be on there and have fun. Can we go back to having fun? <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. Um, so wanted to briefly chat about Southern Charm and the Real Housewives of Miami because I didn't get to in my conversation with Danielle. So let's start with Southern Charm. It was an okay, I think, season finale. So much of the episode was them getting ready for this party that Whitney was throwing in this bar that he created on the property that his mom lives on. Whitney is is wild. It was really cool, though, the, the bar that he created. But, you know, nothing really got solved. Everyone's still upset at Taylor and at Austin. And I thought the only really, truly good scene besides I love seeing any scene with Madison or Madison and her husband or Madison and Patricia. Those are my favorites. But seeing Olivia stand up for herself to Austin and say, listen, <laughs> Every woman you're with, you like you leave a trail of women and they all have the same thing to say about you. Maybe the problem is you and you need to figure out what you're doing to upset so many women that you date. And I thought that was really accurate. I understand that Austin feels as though when Olivia has chit chat with him, when they text about movies or TV shows, that it seems as though they're friends and that she's not angry with him. And then, you know, she then flips and gets angry with him. But what he's failing to realize is every single time she gets angry, it's because something new happened. A new story came out. She found out a new piece of information about what had happened. And she gets angry all over again. And she's also dealing with the loss of her brother. And everyone seems to be brushing that aside as if it's not as big of a deal as it is. Uh, some other news from the episode is that JT told Taylor that he's in love with her. She does not feel the same way. She's still in love with Shep. And she has a conversation with Shep where he says, you know, you and me. And she's like, okay, well, there's you and there's me. But what about us? And he's like, us is over, Taylor. It seems like she hasn't gotten it through her head because she's still spending time with him and it's like friendly and positive that maybe she thinks that they'll get back together. But I don't understand why she would want to be back together with someone that like cheated on her and treated her poorly and was arguably verbally abusive at times. So I think, Taylor, I hope she's done some work on herself to know what her worth is and what she deserves in a relationship and what's, you know, healthy and what's maybe not so healthy. But, you know, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. It's still very sad to me that she doesn't seem to want to fully take accountability for all of the lies and manipulation she had with Olivia. And I hope that at the reunion, Olivia is able to better articulate why she's so upset with Taylor now that she's had some time to process and watch back and say, you know what? The problem wasn't just that you hooked up with my ex. It's that you were telling me advice on how to get back together with him and in you know telling me to take him back and then once I finally did you went after him it's it's manipulative and you know I I hope Taylor is able to find a way to feel self-worth without needing it from men and especially men that are not kind I am excited for the reunion though a southern charm reunion never disappoints there has not been one bad Southern Charm reunion. So 
I'm ready for this one. Um, Miami. Oh my gosh. I think Miami's having an incredible season and I think it's been overshadowed by all the drama with Salt Lake City and how many people love Beverly Hills. They just have so many more viewers than a lot of the other franchises. But Miami is fun. It is interesting. There's still drama. There's so much happening in these women's lives. They don't have to create stories. There's just things that just are happening with them. Well, it's very interesting to see Alexia and Marisol get so upset over Anna coming on to this brunch and mainly coming to film. Anna was on season two, I believe, of Miami. I don't believe she came back for season three and she wasn't on the first season. I actually really liked her on season two. I felt like she was really honest and made a lot of sense to me. But since being on the show, she seems to still be obsessed with the show and talk about it and, you know, going on YouTube or on different podcasts that end up on YouTube with her daughter and saying not nice things about the other women. I don't know. It just looks pathetic to me. And it was really pathetic of Adriana to try and bring Anna to take down Alexia by sharing whatever information about Alexia's finances. I think that's really crappy. And I it was interesting to see Julia try to confront Adriana because Adriana wants to be backed up by Julia always. But Julia is starting to see like, hey, you're my friend, but this behavior, this isn't cool. And I think that's what a real friend does. A real friend says, yeah, on this, I, I can't back you up on this thing. I'll back you up on most stuff. But this, I think you're wrong here. Uh, we also got to see Dr. Nicole say that she didn't really know exactly what was happening, why they hated Anna so much. I think she kind of knew that there was beef there. I don't think she knew how deep it went or how upset it would make Marisol and Alexia. I don't think Dr. Nicole is as messy as she comes across. I truly believe that she sometimes doesn't have time in her day to keep up with everything that's going on. She even said, how am I supposed to know what was said on a podcast? I don't like I don't think she spends a lot of time listening to podcasts, spends a lot of time looking at the Bravo social media pages. She is a working anesthesiologist. It's just it's she has two full-time jobs. She is a housewife and she is an anesthesiologist. I, and she has a small child and now she's pregnant. Like there's a lot going on in her life. So so I believe her when she doesn't know the full backstory to everything. Quick side note on Dr. Nicole. So she made a video along with Dr. Tiffany Moon about medical gaslighting and the esophagus issue that Sutton had shared and the reaction that Anna Marie had towards Sutton and how that was not appropriate as a person that practices medicine to do towards someone who has a stated condition. And it's just really interesting that Anne-Marie came out this past week and said she thought that Dr. Nicole should have given her a heads up, that she was going to put a video out, should have shared her opinion directly with Anne-Marie because they met at BravoCon. I don't know. I'm on Dr. Nicole's side all the way on this. It's obnoxious to use your medical background to put down someone's experience, especially if you have not treated them as a patient. So how do you exactly know everything going on with Sutton? And it makes it seem as though you don't really believe what patients say. And, you know, 
I don't know. It just it seemed really weird that she's so hung up on this. Sutton has a small esophagus. I think personally, like multiple things can be true. And my take on it is that Sutton definitely suffers from some sort of genetic small esophagus. It sounds like her brother has this too. I also think she drinks a lot of alcohol. And I also think she doesn't eat a lot of food. And I don't know how much of that has to do with the esophagus or with, you know, the fact that a lot of these women have difficulty with food. Um, And it was interesting, again, another like sidebar, (laughs) which is like multiple tangents away at this point, that Crystal talked about how it's been this season very distracting for her and very difficult to see how many of the women have lost so much weight because it's made her be more self-conscious about her body and something that she's been struggling with for a long time. So anyways, okay, back to um, Miami. The one fight in this whole Mother's Day brunch that I was not able to fully figure out what everyone was saying was between Julia and Lisa. I understood why Lisa was upset. Julia had questioned her parenting, and this is a time when Lisa is undergoing a very intense custody battle. So questioning her parenting, especially on camera, um, I, that's not great, right? Even though I kind of agree with what Julia said, like how could Lisa leave her kids and go to a party after everything that had happened? But, you know, I also, I'm sure Lisa's like a wonderful mom and made sure they went to bed. I, I don't know. Who knows, right? But it also seems as though Julia missed what Lisa was shouting at Julia when she was angry because the footage was played back and people started tagging Julia at saying that Lisa had made some comment about Julia's children are all from different baby daddies. Um, and as we all know from watching, one of Julia's children has died. Um, her son passed away at age four under extremely tragic um, circumstances. And going after someone for like how many baby daddies? I don't. It, that seemed really like dark too. Like they're basically both going after each other's parenting and kids, and it just was kind of icky to me. Um, but what was a good antidote to the ickiness was being able to see Gertie's family rally around her when she got her lumpectomy. It was beautiful to see how her husband was, how her parents were praying for her, um, her her sons, and you know how they set up the room for when she got back from the surgery with the blue Gatorade and the cards. That was very beautiful. It is hard to know what's coming because we know that the results of the lumpectomy were not fantastic and that she did end up having to go through chemotherapy um, and radiation, which is, um, I've heard, an absolute bitch. So um, it's kind of sad knowing what's what's to come. But it's also wonderful knowing that Gertie is now considered cancer free. So that was that's that's kind of what I'm trying to keep my mind on and how many people are connected to her story because it is it is so difficult to watch and it's especially difficult to see it's juxtaposed with dumb drama like who's invited to a mother's day brunch when you know her health is on the line All right. I'm so excited for you guys to hear my conversation with Danielle. You all know her as Brands by Bravo. She also is co-host of the podcast Real Housewives of Rewatch, where they rewatch old Housewives seasons, and it is fantastic. 
As always, if you enjoy the podcast, go ahead, give it a five-star rating and leave a kind review. If you have any constructive criticism or anything you want to share with me, my DMs are open at Mandy Slutsker on Instagram. And I really would like to hear your guys' takes on Twitter because that place is just a cesspool of hate and anger and all the things that I don't want to carry into 2024. So would appreciate hearing from you on that. All right, we're going to take a quick break and then back with Danielle. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everyone. I'm here with Danielle from Brands by Bravo. You guys know her from her podcast and her Instagram page. And quite fitting to be talking to an Instagram uh, curated account person this particular week. How are you doing, Danielle? I'm good. I like that curated (laughs) Instagrammer. (laughs) I mean, let's start first things first. So the account Reality Von Tees, were you familiar with that account prior to this week's Salt Lake City episode? Not really. Like just a little bit. I tend to not get in the weeds of rumor mill stuff and super, I should say like salacious or like accusation type stuff when it comes to my account. Like I don't, I try to be like the people magazine of Instagram accounts. Like I don't want to post things unless I know. (laughs) I love it. Things are true. Yes. You know, like there's so much fake stuff out there and, or like rumors or like Dumois type stuff. And like, to me, unless I know this is real. So I did, can't say that I really like knew that account. Unfortunately, we never DM'd and I don't think they followed me. (laughs) I knew the account, but only from the videos that were posted of Jen berating and throwing things at her employees. I do remember those videos, but I can't say that I remember being like, oh yeah, it came from this account. Because also so much stuff gets reposted and whatnot. But yeah, definitely, I I do remember there being like um, an exposed, you know, like someone who was releasing stuff. Jen Shaw exposed or something like that. And I remember it being reality Vontees. Sorry, I'm just thinking there's been two troll accounts from one franchise that have been exposed to be members of the cast. Oh, my God. The Jen Cha exposed. Yes, it was Angie H's husband, which I actually believe it was Angie H. And then she Probably. made him take the fall, right? Definitely. But how weird is that? I just I didn't even think of that till now. It's. Do you think it has something to do with the fact that it's one of the newer franchises? And so Definitely. now that Instagram and all that has become... Like social media is such a part of housewives where it wasn't back, although back in the day, like they would have fights on Twitter, you know, between. Yes, the I was just going to say. Um, <laughs> so, if you don't, my podcast is Real Housewives Rewatch, and we're rewatching old uh, Real Housewives of New York. And I think it was season three or four where um, Simon 
is like trolling Jill on Twitter and they get yes. into a fight about it. But it's him. Yes. It's not like him behind secret accounts. Like it's him blatantly trolling Jill on Twitter. And I think he trolled her in real life too. <laughs> yeah. He was just a troll of that of that series. <laughs> I remember also earlier Real Housewives of Beverly Hills also had some like, well, she posted this on Twitter. No, maybe it was Atlanta. A fun one was Miami. You had a whole fight about posts on Facebook. Oh, God. I think Miami, like season one or two, there was a whole fight about Facebook, which was enjoyable to rewatch and be like, I forgot <laughs> a world where that was like a thing, where Facebook was like that. It's it's so interesting. I mean, what do you think the exposing of Monica as an Instagram or a Twitter social media troll means for the Housewives franchise as a whole? Like, do you think this will change how casting is done and like maybe make the older Housewives more suspicious of the newer Housewives? Like, how do you think it's going to change sort of the the zeitgeist of Housewives? (laughs) Yeah, I could definitely, I mean, I could see there being mistrust for sure. Like I'm even thinking of, Potomac when they brought up that Karen pays for her blue check mark and she was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And they're like, no, literally, like that's how Twitter works now. Um, and that to me felt like such like um not like to be like a boomer, but like like a of her age, not even realizing that she was paying for this thing, whether that's what she cops to or not, or someone on her team did it, but her not even knowing. So definitely generationally, like I can't see um one of like the older housewives having a troll account, but I certainly could see more of the younger ones doing stuff like that. Yeah. Do you believe that Heather knew or had suspicions about Monica potentially being a troll prior to the final episode? I think she might've had suspicions, but I don't, when people always call that acted, Yes, there's certain part, but they're not good enough actresses to have faked all of that, in my opinion, because that was like insane. Like, I think I have a pretty good meter of like, I think this is, you know, who's a good one that you can always tell, like when they're sincere, when they're not is Erica. I feel like I can always tell when it's like a real emotion versus like a fake emotion. And this all felt very real emotion, whether they might have known prior or not, they'd been building up waiting to flip out on Monica. Um, So I think she had suspicion, but I don't think she fully knew until they were there. And who do you think she called to get the final confirmation? Did she say it was the hairdresser? No, she said that was the second to final call. The final call, it was bleeped out. Oh, I always wonder why can they say some names and why can they not say others? I think there has to be like approval Right? Like the person has mm-hmm. to sign a contract saying it's okay for you to use your, like why they blur out certain faces and don't blur out others. It's whether or not yeah, you sign Yeah, that the I assumed it was like your face, but I didn't know when it came to just saying your name that that was like a part of it. I think um, if it's a person that's not a publicly known name, so like Bo Deedle, when they use Bo Deedle's name uh, for Jersey, like he's more well known. But if it's a private citizen, I had a feeling that it was like a private investigator or someone that worked in like investigating online cybercrime or like something who could verify that the posts 
the screenshots that the hairdresser sent Heather were real. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was the same team that Diana Jenkins used when she claimed to, <laughs> to be searching to find out who was trolling Garcelle's son. Maybe I think they them. figured it out. It was like a per- it was like a man in California. Yeah, uh, which I'm sure was paid for by Diana. But no, I don't know who. I don't know if it's a person that we would know. Whoever confirmed it, or it was right. like someone deep in their circle that maybe we've seen at like parties, but don't like actually, you know, know who they are. Yeah, it's it almost made it sound like she was maybe going to say the name of a company, like so and so at so and so. Or do you think maybe it was someone who like works for Bravo or like on the production team? I know, I doubt that. No, okay. Because she seemed to want production to like be away from her when she mm-hmm. was. That did she, not seem fake at all. Like she was no. like, get away, get away, get away. She's and you like, don't yell at them like that. Especially too. Heather doesn't seem like the person. So no. I was just on a vacation and I read Heather's book on vacation. And I'm so glad that I just read it right before this finale episode because some things made sense to me that I don't think would make sense to me without having read her book. Mm-hmm. Did Have you like you her book? It? I liked it a lot. It was very well done. And there were certain, like some stories I'm sure are a little embellished, but there were some key things she said about different actions she took during her childhood that she got in trouble for that I'm like, that sounds just like Heather. Mm-hmm. Right? No, I haven't read it. I have a new like thing that I would like to collect though. I don't even care to read them. I just decided that I want to collect every housewife book that's ever been published. Um, and I get them on thrift books for like a few bucks and bag Mormon is not on sale yet. So I'm waiting. <laughs> I, I did just buy, I bought um, Make It Nice and I think Class with the Countess. And about Carol's book, which I know is not like an autobiography book, but everyone said that book is like actually amazing. So I think I might read that book. Um, And I think one more. And I also have both two of Teresa's cookbooks. I read Margaret's book. Oh, okay. Which was interesting. It was nowhere near as good. Bad Mormon was like a really well-written book. It seemed like it was. I think also because she probably has more fascinating stories than most do just from growing up Mormon and the whole Mormon church and its secrecy and all of that sort of stuff is just an interesting or interesting topic. Yeah. A lot of the secret stuff that you're not supposed to say. It reminded me a little bit like I was in a sorority in college. I don't know if you were. So was I. I was Delta Zeta. <laughs> I was Alpha Phi. <laughs> and <laughs> there were these like secret handshakes and secret, I don't know. Password like, and secret knock. Yes. And you would do it like in the basement of the sorority house while holding candles. And it just Wearing felt, all white. Yeah. It just felt so <laughs> dumb. Like I'm like, okay. Like I like being in the sorority because I like the women and I like the like activities that we do, but this secrecy stuff is super weird. There's nothing special about it. And like, why are you acting as if this is sacred? This is so weird. And I think that's how, I mean, not the exact same, but that's how Heather felt the first time that she was in the temple before she left for her mission when like things started to come together and she's like, wait, this is what you guys do in the temple. This is what you say. Wait, no one's laughing. This looks so weird. This feels so weird. Like she was just, it was not all coming together, but she was taught not to ask questions and no one would speak about it. So like mm-hmm. whatever occurred in the temple, like you would never talk about it. 
And yeah, I think that was in the <laughs> Under the Banner of Heaven TV show was like a lot of I learned a lot from that. Oh, is you that about the Mormon it. church? Yes, it was based on a book and it was with Andrew Garfield and it was about a crime that happened in a Mormon community in the 80s, but it's a lot about like a crisis of faith from this crime and um it's it's a true story and it was maybe it was the 90s. I don't know. It was Utah, so like you can't tell based on the clothes. In this <laughs> <show>. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what happens in Utah. I'm just kidding. Oh my but God. it was really good. Under the Banner of Heaven. It was on Hulu, and it was I watched it maybe I like should, a year ago. I should look really at that. good. I'm obsessed with like all um, any culty religion. I so, want to watch everything to do with that. And I know that some people's experience, what, what seems so interesting to me is that she's able to like gather that other people's experience in the Mormon church is not the same as hers. Like she, she seems to get that, but her experience with it did feel quite cult like. And mm-hmm. I think she was only coming to terms with that. Like the couple of years before she got cast. Gotcha. And she never said any of it out loud and never talked to other people, uh, maybe a couple, like a handful of like really close friends that she made that were newer friends, but no mm-hmm. one in her family, nothing like that. And then that's why I think she got so sucked into Jen Shaw, who has such a cult-like personality and requires like, you do not question me. I am always right. I am here for you. And like that, you know, bigger than life personality. And she just did what she did with the church was to like keep quiet, defend it, you know, follow everything, do be be the perfect friend because she was trying mm-hmm. so hard to be the perfect wife. And it just all came kind of came together that when she made that speech saying like, we know like, we didn't know you, but we knew people, like, someone like you. Like, Jen made us do this. She made us, you know, lie for her. I got a black eye from her. I covered up everything. I, t- I ate shit every day. I went on a book tour and defended her. That's what she did for the church. Mm-hmm. And the church did not repay her with goodness. And Jen, like, I think she's only finally now coming to terms with the kind of person Jen was in her life and how dangerous yeah. she was. Well, and I who, think the crying was about that. Who wants to admit that you have been duped by a church and now a friend and, you know, repeating your same pattern and all of that? To me, in Heather's revelation, yes, Monica being reality of test was, like, insane. But honestly, the admittance of the black eye – and realizing that Monica, the lie of never being a mayor of the store and then seeing the security footage and then her being like, well, I've yes. never been here. That to me was like the number one moment that literally made me like out loud gasp of like, damn, this girl is deeply loony. Like that was wild to me. It's almost like she doesn't know what she's saying if it's a lie or if it's true like she's Mm -hmm. not sure where the lies end and the truth begins and vice versa yeah and i think i saw today something on instagram of like jen maybe knowing back in 2021 about the account so i think that's why people think heather knew about it for a lot longer but like to me that doesn't really like lead to her her knowing anything i don't think that's a smoking gun at all first of all it was leaked by dana wilkie mrs twenty five thousand dollars sunglasses who also was in trouble for fraud so i don't think jail i think she did i I think she she did 
like maybe just six months, but it's definitely like to me that makes her not a credible person to listen to on anything, especially fraud. Yeah. She's going around commenting on Erica Jane. I'm like, girl, <laughs> like you actually got in trouble with the law, you know, not just adjacent to it. So mm-hmm. that and then it was Monica's one of the three last names, not the Garcia. And so I don't think they realized that Monica Fowler and Monica Garcia were two different people. Yes. And also, like... Or was the same person. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. To me, (laughs) like, like, when it comes to Monica... So after the episode aired, she was on live. And, like, this is probably so controversial, but, like, she made the season. Like, bring her back. Like, she might be one of the most entertaining, like, newbies... When you think of it from an entertainment standpoint, because yeah. honestly, at the end of the day, like someone I remember, I commented on Bravo Singh being like, give me a hundred more seasons of Monica. This was before the finale, but that was where I felt before the finale episode. And someone was like, she's horrible. And I was like, yes, exactly. That is why she's entertainment. Like, what <laughs> if Housewives not been horrible? Do you want me to list like the criminals who have been on this show, the horrible people? Like what moral ground does she have? And I really like what Monica said in one of her like ITMs, like interviews that she was like, the real criminal is Jen. She was like, you know, what's horrible scamming, like, and just kind of putting someone into a reality check of like, yes, what I did is bad, but like on your scale of badness, like don't make me equate to Jen Shaw because I was kind of horrible on the internet. And that was just like an interesting point that I think she made. It would be different if the account only was about Jen and only focused on Jen's wrongdoing with fraud. Yes. And it's quite heartless. I'm not saying I like her as a human being whatsoever. But she made it sound like she was doing the important work of exposing Jen. And I just want her to take several seats and say, actually, Monica, that was the work of the Southern District of New York. Yes, which so. she was an FBI informant, wasn't she? Uh, she or says she a claims lot of she shit. was. I, who knows? They never got to the point in trial where witnesses had to be called. And I don't know that a witness list would ever be made public by mm-hmm. the private documents of SDNY. So I, I, I do believe she was involved in some way. I don't believe she was the main person no that that i agree with but (laughs) you know maybe she had some text some footage some stuff like that that her whole issue with jen was that jen was mistreating employees not Mm -hmm. that jen was scamming from the elderly i feel like she made almost equated the two and it's i don't know maybe this is terrible of me because it's like victim blaming but like if you don't like your employer especially in a situation like that get out Especially when she was married and there was another income, like get out, you can become a personal assistant to somebody else. There are other people, there are other ways of making money. Mm -hmm. Also, if we want to talk like morality when it comes to Monica, I don't know where anyone thought at any point throughout the season that this was a person of like high morals, seeing as she had an 18 month long marital affair with her brother-in-law. Right. Like, if we're going to talk, like, who she presented herself as, like, that was episode, like, two. <laughs> like, where she talked about that. 
What I feel like made this season, though, is the fact that none of them, not even Monica, shared a single shred of the story to the internet. No yes. one oh went my God. on podcasts. No one was posting on Twitter. No one was going on Instagram Live and like dropping hints and clues. No, they kept it tight and it was an incredible episode because no one actually knew what the big reveal was until the big reveal happened. Yeah, like there was definitely rumors of it. But again, like I don't like, I don't look for spoilers. I stay away from it. Like I never follow a new housewife before the season starts. Like I don't, I don't want things to be spoiled. Like the last time I felt that like shock and awe was obviously watching the Vanderpump Rules finale. Like that was the last time in Bravo universe world where I was like, utterly left speechless by an episode the camera work the editing the music the producers are running around in the background mm-hmm. the thunder was making my dog a little nuts while i was trying to watch because they kept playing oh the they thunder. kept having the it was incredible keep, like cinematography like the, the triangle setup of the table, table oh. the leading to that they didn't even jump right into it like the the forward eight hours prior now we're at dinner one hour earlier like it was it was a masterpiece in the way that they presented it to us that like I I, I just I, I need to watch it again honestly because it was just it I was watched crazy. it twice I would just watched it before talking to you again and it's just masterful how Heather puts it all together and gives her speech it, it almost felt like she was waiting her whole life for that moment mm-hmm. because again like reading her book like she was meant for so much more than than being like only a wife like she oh for sure she's she, been one of my favorites and i really felt like the last season she got totally lost and i feel like the heather that i loved early on has been back like this whole season and i've really enjoyed her again same and it feels like that's the real her. And when she's trying to be someone else or gets too angry, she's not entertaining. Yeah. And especially I do not like seeing her and Whitney fight. And exactly. I really her hated and them Whitney, fighting. Her and Lisa, like she goes, she gets so blinded by how much she was mad at Lisa in the first couple of reunions that it was just hard to, and like, come on, like. <laughs> Yeah, I did not like her and Lisa, her and Whitney fighting. And I was really glad that they literally like had their fight the night prior. And then they're like, yeah, we were really drunk. Like, this is actually what I'm upset about. Yeah, we're cool. Yeah. Also, I was glad for that part in the book about Whitney, I did not think was exploitative of her sexuality. And I thought it was pretty clear that the photo shoot was for her husband. Even when Whitney explained it, I was like, this is not what exploitation of your sexuality even means. <laughs> like, like you're literally not even – if anything, it would be like you're using a story that makes me look – I don't know the better word, like – Slutty. Permis- yeah, I was going to say – I was yeah. trying not to use that one. I was going to say promiscuous. That's what she felt it made her look like. But the way that Heather wrote it almost sounded like, wow, this woman is so empowered – like, mm-hmm. I've never seen someone so empowered. Well, and she said that she told her the entire thing she was going to write. So it's like, she really? Did. She read did it she, to her. And then did she not see the movie Titanic to like know the reference of like Jack paint me like one of your French girls? Like maybe she's never seen that? it. It had a different impact than hearing it read to her. 
Maybe, maybe. Like, and that's okay. But um, she just kept using in the way that, what was it? Oh, early on in the season when Mary said, you called me a pornography. Yeah. She, it was just like this. This is the wrong. You're not using the you're right not, word. Yeah. She's not exploiting your sexuality. That's not what's happening. <laughs> it did feel somehow, though, like Heather and Whitney maybe were on the same page a little bit before Lisa and Meredith. Yes. Also, did you notice I felt that Whitney gave no reaction when yes. Heather said Jen gave her the black eye, which meant to me 100% she already she, knew. Yes. That one. She had particular. no reaction. Yeah. she. The others were like open mouth agape, but like Whitney had nothing. I don't think I believed. I really thought she hit her head. I thought they were like, this is so terrible. I thought they were like snorting drugs and like hit her eye on the sink. Which is I like, I don't know how that would happen if you store drugs. <laughs> like, <I've laughs> True. I think I Jen gave it to her, but I don't think it was on purpose. Well, no. But like, I feel like it was like an accidental, we're drunk elbow to the face. And I think they wanted to cover it because I think maybe they thought people wouldn't believe that. But then covering it up made everything worse. I think it was because it could impact her trial. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think Jen was like, I hate you, Heather, and knocked her out. I think maybe they were drunk. She accidentally got her with an elbow. And then they were like, how this is going to make me look bad. So even if I didn't do it on purpose, like, you can't tell them that it was me. And I think she really went into the you can't tell anyone. Because when they flashed back that scene where Meredith sees the black eye for the first time and then Jen Shaw is saying, we have no idea how it happens. We're like, we had to figure out a story. And then she stops and she's like, we thought we had to call Meredith. And then mm-hmm. and then Heather says, I, I do not recall, which is literally word for word what lawyers tell you to say in depositions yep. and on the stand. And also, again, to go back to what I can tell when people are lying, it was so obvious Jen was lying in that moment. Like, yeah. No part of me believed her for a second. I... I, part of me did think maybe, okay, is Heather like really have so much shame around alcohol? Like it was just confusing. The whole thing was confusing. But I want to know more like in this coming reunion about Heather and how she truly feels about Jen Shaw today and all of the other women and how because it feels like Whitney and Lisa were like, okay, she's a fraud. She's uh-huh. terrible. Like we've come to terms with it. At the last reunion, Meredith and Heather were not that way. Yep. And I want to yep. know what made them feel more comfortable to speak out. Is it that she's actually behind bars? It's because she's in jail. I, that's what I think. <laughs> the threat that's is no like longer so there because scary. Like to have a friend that makes you fear everything that finds no. out shit about you and holds it over you. And I think that's exactly who Jen Shaw was. I think she knew every little last bit about what happened when Meredith and Seth were separated and threatened mm-hmm. to share it with everyone. She knows about everyone's like dalliances or just even like the stupidest shit that would embarrass them. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I fully, fully agree. Um, What did you think also about, like the ladies having a little fight amongst themselves before Heather's like big reveal. Did you feel that to me when it was like, 
was that why why did they do that do you think like did they actually feel those emotions because i think meredith saying like you didn't stand up for me and it was like i do think meredith felt that i think that was not the goal of the evening so she didn't lay it in too hard but i do believe she's like why did you have to figure out that it was monica doing all this shit as a troll for you to believe that i was innocent like, True. why couldn't you just believe me? Aren't we good mm-hmm. enough friends that, like, my word is enough? And how do we think Angie felt? Because I literally <laughs> even forgot she was at the meal. And, like, why did Heather not have, like, do you think the producer said, don't invite Angie? We just want you to tell the OGs. Like, what? I why think do you think they left her out of it? Angie was never one of the people targeted by Reality Vontis. And kind of she's newer this season. She was a little bit on last season. And I feel like the OGs, like it was this was something for them mm-hmm. to come together around. I grew to like Angie. I think most people did. I really was wrong about her. I thought she was thirsty to be on the show and she was trying to sort of manufacture arguments. But as soon as she just took a deep breath and just was herself, she was awesome. I feel like it was like Jessel on Roni. Yes. Or Roni knew, where at first I was like, ugh. And then I was like, oh my God, I love you. (laughs) Yes. Angie, uh, also, she was so funny at BravoCon. <laughs> so the most time I spent with any housewife was probably Heather at the airport when uh-huh. her and Angie got separated and she didn't know how to get to her gate. Heather was oh like, I have no idea where I'm going. <laughs> like, I was following Angie and Sean and now they have gone on the tram and I don't know which tram to take and I don't know what gate we're going to. <laughs> and I was like, oh, like, let's figure it out oh i think all the mm-hmm. all the trams kind of go this way like you know we were just like looking at you know figuring it all out and talking and it was just so funny that angie k was just oh yeah just moving forward just assuming heather was behind her it's giving home alone too <laughs> you know it's just it's just yeah like she's just very angie like you know yeah, I'm also, now that you brought up BravoCon, I'm also more in shock. Oh, didn't they not do a Salt Lake panel? And Angie told me it was because it was too close to the reunion. And no, I, now I know why. There's, now we know, because it would have exposed stuff. Because you could have never been like, why does no one like Monica at this current well, moment? we all were wondering that at BravoCon, because Monica did not have any single appearance with any other lady on Salt Lake mm-hmm. the entire weekend. She was doing photo shoots with other women from different franchises. Like they did not speak to her, and it sound. And I wasn't sure if it was because she like ripped off Heather's business. Like I didn't know what the deal was. Yeah, yeah. No, that's. I was at the Salt Lake BravoCon panel two years ago, and that was spicy. And so I thought maybe that was why they didn't want to do it because it basically was like a mini reunion. Like they were going hard at each other um like that was actually that might have been my favorite panel of the day because i only did a a one day pass when i was in new york and i thought okay maybe that's why they're not doing it again because they hadn't filmed the reunion but i i think there was no way they could have continued to keep the secret if they did a panel like right or everything would have just been like you have to stay tuned you have to stay tuned like you know there would have been way too much there what do you think the future of the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City looks they like? Be- 
I would like Monica back. I don't think there's any chance of that. And not I don't think there is, but because of what she did, but she is supposed to be on Bethany Frankel's podcast next week. No, she just posted. Did you see what Monica no. herself posted? Oh, God, I'm always a step behind. No, Danielle. no, no, you're fine. <laughs> no, um, I'm like, I never can keep up. I thought I was so on top of it. No, there's been so much and like it has been a, a like wild work time and I have not been Was able that to pay just attention. A rumor? Yes. So nine hours ago, <laughs> someone posted that she's set to be on Bethany Frankel's podcast and Monica posted, Man, you guys are really trying hard. Y'all are big, big mad out there. One, I have never even been asked to be on her podcast. Two, I wouldn't even do it if I was asked three. This along with so many other things put out about me on the smear campaign happening right now is false. Four, you guys got my post taken down. Thanks a lot. Thumbs up. What post of hers was taken down? Now. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's a lot. And I'm cracking up so bad. <laughs> Ryan Bailey commented, thank God. Well, what <laughs> who would have made that up? Just um who originally so posted at it? Sonia's townhouse. Uh, it looks like a Twitter account posted that and said account <laughs> said Real Housewives of Salt Lake City Monica Garcia is said to appear on Bethany Frankel's podcast just be this upcoming Wednesday. I wonder what new info we will get. This person posted that at seven twenty four a.m. and Monica posted nine hours ago and said Sonia's no, townhouse woke up and chose violence. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I don't know if that's just um, a Twitter account or if that's also an Instagram account, but. Yeah, she uh, she will not be. See, I told you, I'm the People Magazine. I'm not spreading falseness. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I literally happen. I happened to see that. Um, I think I either I reposted it or, or was going to share so, it. So this reminds me of Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Um, posting that he's holding this like big fundraiser for his presidential campaign, and that Martin Sheen and Diane Warwick are going to join. And <laughs> poor Diane Warwick was like, "I'm not. I never was invited to this. I never agreed to be at this." And then Martin Sheen, who I don't even think is on social media, told Bradley Whitford, who was his chief of staff on the West Wing, but not like his actual publicist. <laughs> To get the information out that he plans to vote for Joe Biden in 2020. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I was laughing so hard because there was multiple days in between when this came out. And I thought, that sounds fishy. That doesn't sound right. But yeah. who knows, you know? I and- love the idea that Monica would, ha- I mean, go on like Bethany's podcast. But wait, what I'm- if Monica is Sonia's townhouse on Twitter? She was starting her own rumors about herself. That's very possible. That is very, very possible. Unfortunately, no one sends me any juicy DMs ever of any information. But I wouldn't even know what to do with it. And I only one time had one juicy thing and I did nothing with it. And it was Kyle from Summer House sent me like a novel about Hannah when she was still on. And then I was like, well, I can't post any of this because somehow I earned your trust to be your friend. And now you just told me some things about why you don't like Hannah. And I just have to sit with this. And I was like, what do I do with this? <laughs> Should I have made a troll account and then sent those to so, you know, through the, through the like playing I've game of telephone? I've been told a couple of things, but nothing, nothing that's worth sharing that could hurt someone. Right. Yeah. It feels like a breach of trust. Like, thank you for sharing. 
Yeah. I will keep this to myself. I have heard (laughs) from many different sources um, that Dorinda mixes alcohol and pills and can get violent, like throw shoes and other things. Well, that is the least shocking news that that I think I've ever heard. that appears to be not shocking. So allegedly, that's what uh, causes some of Dorinda's anger. And after meeting her at BravoCon, I could see it easily. Yeah. I mean, we've seen her enough, and it continues to be a pattern of... Sometimes I love her and sometimes I'm like, you are the most vile human in the things that you say. Why do you get so dark? It scares me because I think she's so lovely when she's nice. Yeah. Well, I just, I'm midway through episode four of Roni Legacy and Ramona is, I think, explaining Dorinda to Kelly. And she's basically like, she can be the most outstanding, phenomenal friend and she can also be the worst human you've ever met in your life. <laughs> Ramona <laughs> is saying accurate. that. If Ramona is saying that and Ramona has that enough like realization, then you know it's definitely true. Yeah, I've had trouble making it through Ultimate Girls Trip. Like I'm struggling. I'm not enjoying so it. We are covering it on the podcast because what's weird is that we're up to season five of Old Roni when they go to, to St. Bart's. St. Bart's. So it's kind of like both. We're watching the old and the new. My, I'm liking it, but definitely not as much as I wanted to. I don't think they like did enough activities. Like it's just kind of boring. I find like I, I was thinking about it. Today, I was like, why? Like, okay, we already got a girls trip where they're like on an island type thing. Like they're not doing anything. Like I needed more. I'm like, oh, yay, they're on a boat. Oh, yay, they're by the beach. Like, and to me watching it, I'm like, this is, they will never come back. Like, they, they, it's never coming back. It wasn't entertaining. I didn't miss them. I like Luann and Sonia, right? And them doing their fun show in random places around the country, so around good. the world. That's awesome. I like that. I'm not a fan of Ramona. I feel like we've no. seen all we can see of her. Mm-hmm. Um, she doesn't change. Though she's her- not like horrible at all, unless I haven't gotten to it yet. No, but we she's know. She's like a, me- yeah, we know she's horrible, she but in terms of this, this is like the most calm, muted Ramona that we've seen. Like she's not. Yeah, no, I would agree. She's not. Like she's logical and it's always weird when Ramona's logical. <laughs> that, like, which makes me so much more freaked out about Dorinda and her kind of behavior. Well, especially because we saw Dorinda on season two of Ultimate Girls Trip and it was the same. And it was yep. the same when she'd been in New York. So it's like, nope, you still you still, you still haven't changed. Fix it. Um Kelly was Kelly. So that's that. And Kristen Kristen's fine. She's the only one I like on the yeah, show at this I, point. I really Her wish, and, like, and uh, Luann. I, I, the character growth of Luann. I know. Cannot be overlooked for the most part. Of course, there's still little things, but like watching her from season one to how different she is now is just crazy. It's, I wish they would have gotten like Carol, Tinsley. Yes, but they are living real lives. Like they're not obsessed with the TV show anymore. They needed more people who weren't just like in the final season of Housewives because it's basically the same sort of stuff. Like yeah. it it needed I need like they should have had Alex Van Kemp on 
this <laughs> no. one and not the Moroccan season that we'll probably never get to see. Like, I don't think we're going to get that. What do you think is going on with all that? Have you been reading what Brandy has been sharing? Yeah. I mean, it's awful. And I there's so much darkness around it. Like, I don't know what to believe. You know, Brandy says it's it wasn't what people are saying. Caroline has said literally nothing. Bravo hasn't said anything. Like, I don't, I'll be so sad because I was so excited for to see Alex again on my screen. Like, I was so, so excited for that. Yeah. I wanted to see Alex McCord back, but I was not happy to see Carolyn Manzo. I, I was never the biggest fan of her. And specifically, it's mainly that she put a hit out on her own sister and like could have gotten her own sister killed and still doesn't speak to her sister. After yeah. Going on national television and saying, like, the one thing about my family. Yeah. <laughs> We're thick as thieves, you know, like, what the fuck is wrong with you? How do you like, you're clearly not because... <laughs> Not only do you not speak to your sister, you put someone to like beat her and her new husband up. Yeah. I was not excited for Gretchen because she's Gretchen. (laughs) You know why I'd be excited to see her on TV? So we can see her nose because you know how she. True. She doesn't have one (laughs) according to Instagram filters. (laughs) It's the weirdest thing. Like it, it looks odd. It doesn't make her look more pretty. She's already pretty. It just looks like. Oh, your eyes are really defined. Your lips are really defined. And you don't have a nose. Yeah. I mean, she would have been fine, but she's just like not not my favorite. So I don't know if we'll ever get it. I They can't completely edit out whatever happened. But does Bravo feel like airing something that might no, have some darkness? No, they're going to can it. That would be so sad. And that Brandy's would be shocking. Having this like stress-induced... Um, swelling on her face. Everyone's like, it's just filler issues. <laughs> like, uh, is it really that? No, like, is that it a seems thing? different than filler issues. Okay. The, po- the pictures that she's posted, um, some look like filler, and then some look like rashes on her face, and where other pouts of her face are just blown up, and um, there's an actual medical term for it that she was diagnosed with by, mm-hmm. like, dermatologist. Yeah, to me with the Roni, I would like to see – it's never coming back with the old ladies. Like, people need to get – it's it's never coming back. It's gone. But would I like to see, like, Brynn and Jessel go have lunch with Sonia? Yeah, I'd be cool with that. Or, yeah. like, invite Luann and Dorinda to a party? Sure. Like, make them a little friend of Cameo? That would be nice. I like Maybe not Dorinda. <laughs> Like, well, sometimes she's really so is entertaining. Mean. If she she's was just like so a mean. little like friend moment would be fine. The thing is, but she not- wouldn't do it because she's like, no, I'm main character, and these are these new. Who are these new bitches? I've never. No, heard she of them. did. She was at a party and she took pictures with Bryn and um, I forget who else. And then she talked about it on Watch What Happens Live and was like, oh, they were so lovely, and like a little friendship was formed. So. I'd be cool with that because I don't want to pretend as if like the two don't exist in the same universe. Right. So I think it would be cool if you, if they had met each other, maybe at BravoCon, whatever, have little moments like that, that I'd be fine with. Bryn and Sonia, like two peas in the pod. That's what I'm saying. I can see that. like have their own lunch. Yeah. Yeah. And I would, I wouldn't watch another season of Luann and Sonia, but I think they should do another show like that. Yeah. I kind of agree. 
Who could you see doing something like what duo could you see doing that? Um, a duo that's no longer on. Mm, no, they could no longer be on or be on. I could see Garcelle. No, no, no. Garcelle and Sutton. Mm, I actually would rather see Karen and Giselle now that I think about it. I would. They're the best friend of like, me. Without so, I actually would Candace, love Karen without and- Robin, without any of the other distractions. Yes, I would thoroughly like to see Karen and Giselle. That would be a good one. But I could see Garcelle and Sutton. I almost want to see like Sutton and Erica because that little lunch those three of them had was w- watching that. I was like, this is why I'm so glad Rena is not on Beverly Hills anymore. Yes. Like, I can't believe how much I like Erica this season. But I like, I like her, her too. so – this was the Erica that I loved. Like, I used to love Erica. She was one of my favorite housewives for a very long time. Until she stole your artwork. Not even that. I mean, that was, like, whatever. Like, I mean, thank you at this point for that. Like, really, you know, give me a nice little boost. But, like, it was obviously way more the Tom stuff and yeah. how she handled that for a few seasons. And now I feel like the Erica that I used to really enjoy is kind of – back which is nice. so going into beverly hills this week do yes. you think it's still off limits to talk about children once the children are adults and what like in the situation where denise picked a fight with erica if it was a child who lived a private life and either had never been on the show in a sense of like I'm talking like Brooks where mm-hmm. Meredith's always like my child. And I'm like, he's literally sitting down for an interview to be on the show. Like he's a part of it or someone who has a following, like a famous person. Like I'm trying to think whose kid. Well, Denise's child, Sammy is on only fans. Well, that's what I'm saying. Cause she hasn't really been on the show, but she certainly has an, a presence of fame on Instagram, TikTok, and only fans. Like I'm trying to think who, like one of Kyle's younger kids who, when they like just like went to college, yeah, they're like not doing anything. Or like, I can't say Gia because like we know her involvement is like obviously yeah. so well, high. Well, actually like, like Melissa's daughter, Antonia. Yes, Antonia has literally no skin in the game, doesn't sit for an interview, has been like a little whatever, but she's not out like – she has followers on Instagram, but I don't really think of her as someone who's trying to like be an influencer and make a living off of like she's in college. Not she's yet, just, like, at least. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but from someone who's like clearly that is how they're making money and been public about it. Yeah. Do you think it was okay then for Erica to go after Denise by saying like who makes more in OnlyFans, you or Sammy? I got to say that was one of like the wildest moments. So was it, uh, I don't know. It's like, was it rude and mean? Yes. But is it something she can say that's not like, especially, you know, like I was definitely with Erica. I'm like, what is up with four years ago? You're bringing this up. Like we literally, I apologize to you like two days later. And then she's brought it up so many times. So I almost feel like Erica felt she had to cut really deep to finally just be like, don't mess with me. Like, we're not rehashing this from four years ago. Yeah. Oh, I actually am completely on Erica's side. Like, I think I'm mostly on Erica's. Like, is it, does it cut deep? Yes, but I don't think it's totally off limits. And also, like, 
very like I couldn't believe she said that in the moment type thing. Oh, I, like that's the first thing I was thinking about is like this daughter that you were talking about being fourteen. Oh, I, I was thinking about that too. So come on. I, it was annoying, and also she got everything wrong about what happened four years earlier. I know, literally the way that Erica was like, <laughs> actually, no, this this happened. And I was truly waiting, and I wish she would have done it, whether they would have aired If I was Erica, I would have been like, let me get on YouTube and literally show you. They, but they did. They did all these flashbacks. Well, and they it did was, for us, but I'm saying in the yes. moment, if oh. I was Erica, I wish she would have literally pulled out her phone and been like, you won't stop here. Here's a clip. I found it on YouTube. Like that's never happened. And I'm honestly shocked that that's never happened. But if there was ever a moment for it to happen, this, this would have been the moment that I would have been okay with like break that fourth wall because she was like, what the hell is wrong with Denise? Like, why is she coming at me when this is four years ago? So long ago. I kind of now question Denise's intellect. Like, it, she really doesn't seem to have it all together. She doesn't seem to remember things correctly. Well, I know a lot of people do, but that's something that kind of Erica went after was like, you're just dumb. And I'm like, well, that's mean, but it feels kind of accurate at this point. Yeah, but- I mean, I'm not surprised by that. <laughs> I also feel like if I was Denise and I was going to come to you with a four-year vendetta, I certainly would have rewatched the clips beforehand exactly. to make sure I was correct. <laughs> and to like go after that and not the real issue of that season of of why Denise had been wronged but she doesn't want to go on to actually talk about the you know out her outing so mm-hmm. she's going to focus on this thing with the kids but which that was so ridiculous was, they weren't even sitting close like of all the things Erica's done it was Erica nothing apologized right away she apologized like give it a rest yeah, yeah. I'm kind of over that. Um, Garcelle and Dorit sit down for lunch, and Garcelle tries to explain, um, and Dorit does give her the floor to explain why saying the word attack to a black woman means something different than when you say it to people that look more like you. And I I think Dorit understood that, like, she's like, okay, wrong choice of words. But where I feel like Dorit seemed to be really offended was when she was ca- called a, ca- a Karen-like person. Mm-hmm. And I think she took that as Garcelle basically saying she was racist or accusing her of that. That's what she she took it as that. I mean, <laughs> I don't even know what to make of all of this and then for her to say well as a jewish woman and i would love to get your thoughts as a fellow jewish woman yes on that but also it just felt a little choppy to me like not all of those conversations happened in that order or there was a lot of conversation in between and they couldn't show us all of it because it seemed to not make sense Mm -hmm. Um, maybe it just didn't do you think Karen means racist because Karen doesn't necessarily mean no racist to me. No, I think it means um, like, can someone, I speak to your manager? Yeah, That's what I think of when I expects um, more than they are due. Yeah. Or just like an unawareness of surroundings. Like that yes. not, doesn't just equal yeah. that of what. So I don't know if to read knew that like when people use that as like a slang slang term what that like actually means like if my mom is being like rude to a waiter i'm like oh my god the karen's coming out but like it's not the word 
because I was racism. My mom just doesn't understand servers and like the proper time to ask for things. Not when they're like mid putting your food down and you need your extra napkins and lemons and Parmesan cheese. And I'm like, mom, just wait until the food is on the table. And then they're going to say, do you need anything? And then that's when you ask. But she's, she's yeah. not learned this. But I think like to read and you and I were talking like a little before we started recording about the Jewishness of it is like, she should have come from a place of like understanding prejudiced and all of that. And it just seemed to like go right over her head as she called it, like the bubble of like not understanding. And it didn't seem like there was compassion to like, there was no yes. And it was like, okay, but more in a sense, like, yes. And I understand. And I'm sorry that you feel this way versus like, okay, but this is me. And it's like, no, you're not. You're just, her and Garcelle constantly is just, she doesn't listen to Garcelle. I don't think she, she doesn't listen to anyone. anyone. <laughs> yeah, I should say she doesn't <laughs> listen to anyone. Um, and I almost feel like maybe it just feels like it's always Garcelle because everyone else just gives up trying. And Garcelle like seemingly hasn't understood that about Dorit yet. Yeah, she was way too defensive and I get it. There's like people don't want to be accused of being racist, right? Ugh, but being defensive is never the way to get you exactly. out of being accused of being exactly. racist. Or it's like saying like, I, I hate when people speak in absolutes. It's like a real big egg for me. I'm the least racist person in the world, like stuff like that. It's like, you don't have to go to that. Like, I feel like Sutton did stuff like that when, when you know. Right, when she was accused by Crystal. I yeah. just think that... Um, but also, I've never been accused of being racist, so I have no idea what it would be like to defend myself on, like, the and I on imagine, a national stage. I was just going to say, on a national, the fear that these women know comes for them when stuff like this comes up, I imagine has yeah. to be in their head. Um, not to say that defense is the way to go, but I imagine that, that that's some living somewhere in her brain of, like, oh crap. It did feel this to is on me, TV though, that, like, maybe something else that day had happened to Garcelle and she mm-hmm. was totally at her wit's end because it felt like she said she was like I was so triggered I cried all night I woke up still upset you know that seems like maybe it wasn't just that incident that that incident was on top of a whole lot of other shit that she had going on that probably did have a racial undertone to it yeah right? and I Imagine for Garcelle, if people feel like, oh, this is the thing she brings up all the time, this and that. Well, maybe it's because she continues to be the only, like, woman of color on, or I guess not the only woman, the only black woman on well, what about Anne, an all-white cast. She just joined right, yeah, the crew, though. For the most part, she has been the one voice of representation for, for black women on this show, and I imagine that gets tiring, and it's it's just a different perspective that these women could never like understand. So that probably is in general, when a friend is coming to you or just an acquaintance or a coworker and says that you've said something that hurts them and upsets them. Like you should listen. Right? I would literally feel like I was going to throw up, probably apologize like a hundred times and then think about it for the next few weeks and continue to like bring it up and apologize. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I'm such an empath. So like the idea that I would do something that, that would like hurt feelings someone's feelings would literally and- like 
It would make me so sad that Crush you were me. crying all night. Something that I said. Oh my god! Oh my god! Like, that was definitely not what I intended. And clearly, I have something to learn because I said the wrong thing, and I can't yeah. just keep saying the wrong things to people and hurting them. I should probably like look up what are the words that are not helpful to say, you know, to a black woman. Yeah, yeah. and and also using the. Jewishness, yeah, there is a level of relation uh-huh. of minorities, but it's never the same. And you can't, I've always felt like Jewish people and black people, it's like a Nini leaks. We see each other, like, yes. I understand, but I don't understand. And it's yep. like, if she was trying to relate, there's like a better way to do it than the way that she kind of came across. 100%. She could have said it at a different moment, but again, like, I felt like we didn't get to see the whole lunch and it felt mm-hmm. like because they ended in a good place ish so because Garcelle's like we're gonna be all right I'm like how are you gonna be all right after what we just witnessed I hate <laughs> like, when they, I hate it, when they do that when they it, like wrap it I'm like I would watch 40 minutes of this conversation me too you don't need to film me give me filler scenes of them playing like pickleball and going for walks and like canyon run like sometimes I get real annoyed that they like think we don't want to see entirety of stuff and it's like we actually really do want to see all of it. <laughs> the whole thing, because then it would make a little more sense why Garcelle at the end was like, we're going to be okay. Because mm-hmm. I felt like maybe did Dorit say something that was more redeemable? Like, then we just yeah. didn't see it, you know? It was She's it was always rough. been Dorit for someone who claims to be so worldly. Oh, she's not. Is not and has been someone, I mean, I can never forget when she was like, my mother's best friend is black or like, so, you know, those sort of it's rough. things where I'm just like, have you done anything to like educate yourself or anything? No. Okay. <laughs> and I get what like, where the Jewishness comes in because I've said this so many times before, it's not just a religion, it's a race, it's an ethnicity and it's a race because people called it a race. You know, that's yeah. all something needs to be in order to be called a race. It doesn't have to be based on color. It doesn't have to be based on anything. Yeah. I had this like whole realization Reese, like last Christmas. And I think maybe it was because I was pregnant or whatever. So like, I'm not like religious at all, but like highly identify into my Jewishness culturally. And I went to this Ukrainian Christmas fair. There's like a Ukrainian church near us. And I went with like my family and I'm actually Ukrainian, and I don't know anything about being Ukrainian because we all were kicked the heck out. And it was, like, so fascinating to be there and, like, learn all these Ukrainian traditions, and they have these dresses and these drinks and these foods. And I was like, oh, my God, I don't like, I'm Russian, but I don't have any of these connections to that, like, Russian heritage. It's more to, like, the Jewish heritage. And I was like, we are a culture because it's like we all have been, like, displaced and, yes. like, left from the country. So we had to create, like, our own culture. And that's why we have, like, it was just, like, this whole, like, ah, moment of, like, yeah. what Jewish culture actually is and, like, why it's not related to a country necessarily because we've all constantly been, like, kicked out and moved from everywhere everywhere. so like you say you're ukrainian but like back in the day ukrainians didn't consider you ukrainian yeah you weren't considered ukrainian you weren't part of their culture Mm -hmm. you yeah so it was like your own thing you had to have your own different kind of special last name that set you apart from everyone else and you know you could only have certain jobs and certain you know it was a mess it was yeah yeah and i only recently found i always thought russian and then my it was my great grandma who they immigrated in 
1901 from Ukraine um, that like, I didn't know even that we were like of that. And I'd even asked my grandpa, like, did you grow up eating like Russian food? And why didn't we ever like my dad have any of that? And he was like, no. And it was like, I didn't understand that. Like they didn't like, it wasn't a part of like the country. Was, they like, even, oh. they, we even had our own language that was separate from Ukraine. We, people didn't speak Ukrainian that way. They spoke really? Yiddish. Well, oh yeah. Well, yes. Yiddish. And the non-Jews in Ukraine did not speak Yiddish. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So it was just like, it was like this, I don't know. I had like such a moment at this like beautiful, like Ukrainian church. Right. <laughs> that it was like such a like wild. disconnect from in the way that like people whose grandparents are from like Ireland or Italy. And there's like a connection to the country. And I just like never like thought of that. Or like my grandpa was German and that's like a whole other <laughs> German in quotes. <laughs> well, Jewish German. So that's always yes. really awkward when people ask that. I'm like, we're German and Jewish. And the look on their face is like, uh, uh, now I just uh, say, because mm. it's not the nationality. We're not the same nationality as yeah. other Germans or other Russians. So I just say I'm an Ashkenazi Jew. Yeah. yeah that's what my, you that's know, what my DNA ancestry said. DNA says. Nine, yeah. It was like eight, 90% or something like that. Oh, my God. So. Mine was 99%. Oh, my God. Brother, so was my mom. my brother's like, 100%. And I'm like, okay, that none of this makes – and my dad was 99. I'm like, we're all 100. If Ben's 100, we're all 100. Yeah. Well, I did find out I have a grandfather who – a great-grandfather who is not Jewish. So that's where maybe some, some mixes oh. got in there. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't know that. That was – my grandma was British. It was her father. And – he was not Jewish. And we always wondered. Her middle name was Mary. And we were like, that's weird. <laughs> and we found it out like 10 years ago. That's so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That stuff is so funny. The... I know. But yeah, Dorit, pull it together. Maybe. Not the right time to talk about Not your, the right time. Or like, really, I don't know who's going to yeah. break through to her. It's not going to be Garcelle, though, because she doesn't. I don't Listen. think she wants to be broken through to. Like, I could have said, thought it was not an innocent mistake, but a really shitty mistake to say attack to Garcelle. Had she not done all that posting on Instagram of like, oh, I'm still in my bubble. It's that like, did nothing that to help her. Is now you're basically stating that like you like your privilege bubble and you're not willing to learn anything. Where was her PR people to say, maybe don't use that caption twice? Because I think she did two posts with it. Oh, God. And I was just like, this is not going to help you. <laughs> I know. I know. But I also feel like Garcelle sometimes takes things out on her that are just weighing on her in general from her mm -hmm. treatment in Hollywood and by other people. In LA. Yeah, well, she might have like an expectation that these people are treating her the same as others had in the past, whether that was their intention or not. Like, I think probably the housewives might be more naive, where it might have been more intentional in other situations. And yeah, in because they did show like all these clips of everyone shouting, "Well, you attacked me! You attacked me!" And it's like I felt attacked. It's just like, okay, well, yeah, that's I, a word we used all the time in housewives, housewives lingo. That is yeah. a very common word in Dorit's defense. Yeah, yeah, I and think, I remember. I think you said if it was like, I don't know if you said this on here, but when we were chatting earlier, that um, if it's like 
two black women saying it to each other, it's not as bad. Yeah, and it reminded like, me of like, <laughs> if two, you and I were to make some like Jew jokes right now, exactly. it's fine. It's fine. Or, or the Seinfeld dentist, like you're not a dentist. You can't make the dentist joke type thing. An anti-dentite. And yeah, an anti-dentite. <laughs> I like that I didn't even have to ask if you've watched Seinfeld. I just assumed knowing there's another East Coast Jewish woman that you probably have watched. No, Seinfeld. like and I grew up in the Midwest, but our oh, rabbi true. used to put, make like Seinfeld references in his sermons continuously. Of course he did. And the anti-dentite was one of his favorites. I always think of, I always, it's it's the perfect example of just like, we, we all know it. It's like, yeah, I can say anything I want bad about like my parents, but if you say anything, even yes. if it's right, not, not your and place to do it. And there's just certain talk between people of the same background yes. that it's almost weird to witness as not being. So like sometimes when there's these conversations on colorism on Potomac, I'm kind of like, I love hearing these conversations and I'm learning so much. But also I feel like you're having an internal battle and conversation that you genuinely don't want me to be privy to. Like you're, yeah. You're or this, there's parts where I, isn't for me. Yes, and <laughs> it's know? and it's definitely like, especially like when I think of the reunion, I was like, this was a fantastic conversation, and then I went online and people were like, this was horrible, and I was like, oh, I don't. Maybe this wasn't for me to understand because I thought it was like so well done, and Andy let them have the floor, and they got to choose how they wanted to discuss it, and then there was like so much that people did not like about it, and I was like. This conversation was a good learning, but not for me. And that's fine. <laughs> yeah, I did an episode about a year ago about colorism. And I had um, two different guests, uh, both like a woman and a man and woman's Taria, obviously. Um, and to kind of give their like examples of also like gendered colorism in mm-hmm. families and stuff and just talk through what it means and there's still so much we don't understand about it but yeah it seems like it's just a really hard conversation to have because it seems like the women are not on the same page about what they want the the non-black audience to take away yeah from but i the, appreciate them you know trying to have these conversations like i forget when it came to like Vanderpump rules and like everyone being fired and all of that. There was a lot of people being like, I kind of wish you didn't fire them so that we could see growth. And sometimes there is, depending on the offense, sometimes I am like, I'd rather see them not be fired, but learn and grow and like have a moment of that if it's possible. So it is nice that Bravo is still continuing to like air these conversations and yeah. not, you know, shy away from whatever is going on. I just think the timing of the Stasi and Kristen. Oh thing yeah. I'm not saying was, like No, but I it may they Bravo may have made a decision too quickly, right? They mm-hmm. didn't make a decision about Jackson Brittany for a while. They you know what I mean? Like they they moved very swiftly and I think it was a good service to both Kristen and Stassi because I think they've both are in way better places than they would be if they stayed on the show. So I think it was good for them. Yeah. Personally, but the fact that there was no... So I have a, like, a bunch of friends who've just gone through and watched all 10 seasons at once. And they're like, what happened between season eight and season nine? Oh, like, true, they like, true. don't understand. And I think there could have been at least a conversation and like seeing them off mm-hmm. as opposed to just pretending it never happened. 
Yeah. Or like um, the talk shame is uh, Kiki's watching Southern Charm Nola and they have oh. like, they have, <laughs> they have conversations on there that I'm like, I'm glad that they chose to talk about this rather than like run away from this. Right. So, so at least, you know, they're keeping it. I just wish it was a little bit better explained and not so choppy. I know. It's hard. It's really hard. It's this messy stuff when people of all different backgrounds are trying to talk about different things and share their perspectives. And the people producing are of all different backgrounds, you know. Even you and me right now trying to talk. talk. We're like, <laughs> like, I don't know how effective I'm like, we are. I don't want to say the wrong thing. I and know. you have to caveat it. And yeah, it's, it's definitely nerve wracking. And we are not on a stage where a million people are going to be, you know, I kind of yelling at us miss the Dorit who's just absolutely bonkers with her drink order and like her ideas about Beverly Beach and like I want to see the delusions of grandeur of Dorit I kind of this like the Dorit of this season and last season and I know she's gone through some very traumatic situations but it just hasn't been I think her best moments this season have actually been in all of her interviews. Mm -hmm. She has been so funny in her little snippy interviews. That's been the Dorita I've enjoyed this season. Not necessarily like in the regular scenes, but her interviews have been very good. And um, she was in a mood, I think, when she was filming those because she was very snippy in a lot of them. And I liked it. I like I how honest she's being about what the hell is going on with my friendship with Kyle, what's going on with Kyle in general, mm-hmm. all of that. Before we go, just wanted you to give me your kind of overall thoughts on the season of Winter House, since you are a fellow Winter House watcher, kind of, what's your big takeaway? It was too many people. Okay. Um, like, too many people stopping in, trying to follow their storyline. It was like... Jordan was a huge part in the beginning. And then literally it was like, I was like, oh, she's in the house. Like she just disappeared. Um, It was so focused on Danielle and Alex. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. was this literally the only thing going on? Um, Oh God, Danielle. I like her, but she just does so many things. And it's fine that she does these things in the moment, but I just feel she's so often missing the reflection and you're like hoping she comes to these reunions in a place of not defensiveness of like, yeah, I watched myself and I was being crazy. And it just doesn't ever seem like she's willing to admit that. Right. Um, I'm thoroughly enjoying no longer watching Kyle and Amanda fight. Um, I think since they've been married, they've been like fun to watch and no longer like coupley fighting, which is very nice. Um, I'm pretty sure Corey and Sam broke up because they did not spend years together. And that does not surprise me because at the reunion, she kept being like, we talk about, we go through this every day. And I was like, every day. I think it's since it aired, not because it is like totally fine at BravoCon. No, that's what I'm saying. Since it aired. But even so, I'm like, this happened in March. It's December. It made her look stupid. He made her look stupid. And but I'm like, if this is that big, he didn't cheat on you. Like the she let it get really close. And I think the the key um, statement that he said that would have made me leave is every man would try to go as long as possible without making a relationship official before Mm -hmm. they did. And I'm like, that's not true. 
Yeah, I agree. Also, I did like Malia though when she when Sam was like, if you were in my position, Malia's like, I wouldn't let a situation ship go on for seven months. So right. I did really and like I Malia in that, that moment. Also shocked Sam being like, Oh, I shouldn't have stood for this. Yeah. It's like she she allowed it to continue without yep. if 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 that's not what she wanted, you she should have asked for what she wanted. But so I you know, I like them together. Um, but I'm not surprised that they the airing of this have have broken them up or caused some issues just based on the reunion. She was very much like, we fight about this every day, basically is what it made it seem like. And I was like, that's not good because I know, yes, it's airing now, but like this happened so long ago. So if you're unable to move past this, this is not gonna. Yeah. Cause to me, I would be like, okay, this sucks. Well, this is airing, but this happened in March and we've been happily boyfriend and girlfriend for. I don't think they've been happily. I think they've been well, happily online. And I think she's always had like this, like deep feeling like he, I like him more than he likes me. Yeah. And I have to keep behaving a certain way to keep him. True. True. Oh, definitely. Probably was scared if she asked for a commitment that he would run. I'm sure that's where it came from, but yeah. And I'm trying to think who else. Um, I did enjoy Malia. I don't typically like her from below deck, but she was fine on the show. Um, what about Floody and Tom Schwartz? You know, I like that they both knew it was just like a fun casual thing. Yeah. I will say I totally was on his side, though, of not dating a person with the same name. I dated a man named Doug, and I literally one time was like out at a bar, and a guy told me his name was Doug, and I just like walked away. I was like, no, 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 <laughs> no, we're not talking. Like, like that name was so triggering. So yeah. I absolutely understand not even less than a year to have another person named Katie, especially if Katie Maloney was like the only Katie he knew. And it wasn't just Katie. It was Katie Marie. Yeah. Like I, <laughs> I get it. Like he got some flack over that, but I complete, I got so many messages that I remember posting about it. And I got like 20 or 30 messages from other women being like, absolutely understand. Like I could never date someone with my ex-boyfriend's name. Like, so I, I get that Schwartz, you know, he's lovable forever, and it's unfortunate that I'll love him forever. But he is just like a golden retriever that bites you, but then mm-hmm. comes back. And you're just like, because you know what nothing he does is from, I, to me personally, I don't think it's from an ill will place. Like, I don't, I think he just is easily taken advantage of and mm-hmm. allows people to walk all over them. But he also hurts people through him not. Like yes. having a backbone. Yeah, yeah. Like his lack of a backbone is causes pain to causes others. pain, which he doesn't always recognize that and he just is like trying to keep the peace in a second. But I enjoyed seeing him without uh, Sandoval. I can't even imagine the fact that he filmed this, then went and filmed their union, then came back. Like that is his mind wild. must have been exploding. Also, um, wait, I've been meaning to ask someone this. Yeah. I haven't yet. Remember how they were giving the explanation for the spitting in the mouth and how it was they they were doing shrooms and they were like spitting shrooms in each other's mouth? Oh, they were? That's what I thought they said. Am I crazy? I could be. Listeners, listeners, if you've watched Winter House, did you hear them make mention of taking mushrooms? Or was they might have. They were in Colorado. Is it legal there? I don't think it's legal anywhere. I don't know. But that's possible. I think it's common but i don't think it's legal yeah so that's why i was kind of shocked i know that and the reason i wasn't shocked is that um i know schwartz like openly talks about taking them 
Yes, they've definitely talked about taking them. And I just think that's interesting because no one wants to openly talk about abusing Adderall or cocaine on these shows, uh, but they have no problem talking about smoking pot or mushrooms. Yeah. So I just find all of that very interesting. Yeah, I might have missed that. I'm not sure. And then my last takeaway is I love Brian Benny forever. Get him a dating show. Keep him on my TV screen forever. How dare you, Bravo? Question, bringing family karma back. I said that today. Did you get a text from – do you get texts from Bravo? Mm, You know I'm talking about like from Bravo Insider? I got a text and it literally says Bravo – Hey, Boo. Happy New Year. We'd love to know which Bravo shows are you most excited to watch in 2024? And I just wrote back, bring back Family Karma. Everyone wants it back. It's the most wholesome, lovely show. Like, there could be no storyline. I don't care. Like, I I don't need a storyline. I don't either. I just want to see the aunties. Yes. And like, Brian is such a gem. He was so funny. He's like, I'm such a soup guy. And like, his game, like, they gave Shep a dating show. Please give Brian Benny a dating show. They gave like, Shep a dating show? You don't remember? Was relationship? it relationship? Yes. Yeah. Oh, that was a long time ago. I know. But I'm just saying it's been done before. And clearly, Bravo, I feel like they really like Brian because they put him on the show. I'm like, send him to Summer House. Have him go eat at Vanderpump Rules. Like, I don't care. Keep him on I want my him screen. on all the shows. Just like, he was like circle my mom by, sent like, me that. <laughs> I was. I love his mom. He let me record a video for his mom on his phone at BravoCon, and then he shared it with her when he got home. I've like DM'd with him. He's so because I was like, he's so nice guy too. He's so nice. He's so handsome. Like I just love him, and yeah, please keep him around. Like give him something. I I don't want him off my my screens. I need them to bring back Family Karma for Monica getting married. Yes. Where is a camera? They can do it on Peacock. I already subscribe. (laughs) I also, I need the finale to loop it all the way back around. I need the finale of Salt Lake City on Peacock, Peacock Uncensored. It will be, I think. There was so much cursing. Did they say that they were going to do that? I don't know. I tagged Peacock and I was like, you better post this uncensored. Oh, what what did they post that was uncensored on Peacock? For the first time, I thought ever. they said all oh, the reunions are going to be the reunions, but I okay. need that finale because there was a lot of cursing, and it's always <laughs> much easier to follow when it's uncensored um, and not hearing the beeps. And also, like watching the Vanderpump Rules finale uncensored was literally some of the best TV I've ever. Like it was liberating to watch it like that, and I'm also like, why is this even censored on TV? Like this is so dumb. I get why it's for- uncensored on cable, but not on Peacock. Do you know what I mean? Like on cable, yeah. there's the FCC guidelines. I know, but it's stupid at this point. Like, <laughs> it just makes me think of Eminem. The FCC won't let me be. You let be. me be me. <laughs> Sorry. They try to put me down on MTV, but it feels Feel so, so empty, empty without, without me. me. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. I, I knew what you were going for. Oh, I yeah, loved like, the early 2000s. Oh, okay. So nice. Well, Danielle, thank you so much for coming on and of for course. diving into this like really, really crazy finale of Salt Lake. Tell everyone where they can find you, where they can listen to your podcast, anything else you want to plug. Yeah. So I'm at Brands by Bravo on Instagram. I do have a TikTok, but I like have not been using it for quite some time, but you can follow me on there. The podcast is called The Real Houses of Rewatch, and we're rewatching Real Houses of New York, me and my co-host Sue Funk. 
and we're on season five and we're also doing Veroni Legacy. And I also um, put out a Bravo ABC's children's book called H for Housewives. And you can get that on Amazon. And it's a fun little ABC's of Real Housewives. Wait, really? Yeah. Wait, how did I not know that thing? No, yeah, I did that uh, before what Christmas. What age group is No, it's literally written for children. But like a two-year-old? There's no bad words. Will they understand any of the references? Definitely not. But there's no bad words. I'm totally I getting this from my niece. <laughs> I did. My husband was my editor. And he was like, I had X for Xanax smoothie. And he was like, you can't have that. He's like, some parent is going to freak out at the word Xanax. So that was changed. I think the only bad word is ugly. Your because ugly you leather is, pants? Of course. Of course. <laughs> you is for ugly. It's for a parent to enjoy reading it to a kid. But it has fun pictures. And maybe I'll read it to my ex- niece. Exactly. She's exactly. very into the ABCs right now. Yes. Yes. So I'll I'll... Yes, it's for it's written for children. There's no bad words in it. <laughs> <laughs> I bet my my brother and sister in law are gonna be like, "What the hell is this?" Because <laughs> I, I wore um, at uh, we were doing like a gathering around her birthday, and I had my sweater that says, "I deserve presents just for breathing." And everyone's like, oh, that's a cute sweater. <laughs> like, I like it. I'm actually wearing a sweater. You can't see it right now. It says Bravo is my love language, which I just Aww. realized very fitting to be wearing. <laughs> well, I had to actually explain. I wore this sweater to a work function. It was like our work holiday lunch. And someone's like, what's the context? And I was like, the context is a housewife was being accused for giving out sexual favors to get uh, <laughs> like courtside seats at the Utah Jazz Games. And she said... <laughs> I don't need to give out sexual papers. I deserve presents just for breathing. Oh, my God. The <laughs> times you have to explain quotes and stuff. I don't even try. I just, like, say them. And oh, then, I do. You know, because my friends or husband look at me, and I'm like, it, it's a Bravo thing. People <sighs> did find it funny. They were like, wait, what? And I'm like, yes. You got to pull up the clip. The thing that I kept saying when I was pregnant, I just kept yelling at my husband, drag me, Monique. Pregnant at all? Like I would yell that literally all, all the time. That and then I would also say, "This baby about to come up here." I don't know, July or something. From that, my literal number one favorite all time scene of the Mother's Day brunch with Phaedra when she when they're asking her when her baby when her baby's due, and she She basically baby about to come up fully cooked at seven months. (laughs) The baby's on my bladder and I'm bleeding and. Rewatches this as an actual pregnant person, I was like, this is the most insane conversation. You don't know your due date? Like, you're literally asked it <laughs> weekly. Like, what? 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 It was tr- truly my number. I think that's my number one favorite house I've seen of all time. Yeah. Phaedra um, wouldn't know the truth if it hit over, over the head. No. Just- and all the commentary from the ladies is just... I I recently posted that if anyone is like, I don't remember the scene, go to my Instagram. I posted it when I was doing 25 funniest moments of Bravo for Christmas. And that that video got the most views because I think everyone agreed that it was just. It's so funny. (laughs) The eating and me going, shut up, you stupid. And did you watch, do you watch Married to Medicine? I only early and I know, I know. No, no, early. I think it's the first season of the second, the second season. Okay. Dr. Jackie and Dr. Simone are having lunch like outside the hospital and they're trying to like say like, oh, so, you know, (laughs) 
<laughs> quad is like inviting us to her like puppy couture fashion oh, show. Yes. And they can't say it without they're literally laughing so hard and falling on each other. It is the most it's my favorite scene. Oh, I should have put that in my my uh that one's countdown. So good, I don't think I can't remember trying- if I'd have married to med scene. Reality by Comics 2 just posted. Kendrick posted it recently. Okay, I have to look for it. And he was like, this reminds me of you because I remember you also thought it was insane. (laughs) It's just when Dr. Jackie and Dr. Simone laugh, like the two of them laughing together is comedy gold for me. Yeah. And Heavenly, oh my gosh. Part of me wonders if when I laugh into the mic, I sound like her. I I always try so hard to not laugh directly into the microphone because it's like such a pet peeve when I listen to people's. I try not to like, I try to always like back away from it. Oh, I laugh all the time into the mic. And I just now after hearing Heavenly, I'm like, okay, hopefully I don't sound like that. (laughs) Okay. Well, thank you so much, Danielle. Thank Um, you. We will talk again soon. Yes. 